0: Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. If you're anything like me, you want a successful, abundant business, epic energy, a growth mindset, vibrant health, and beautiful relationships. And this podcast sets out to help us achieve all of that together. I've been in the entrepreneurship arena for almost a decade now and have mentored hundreds of other business owners, so I know what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to succeed. This podcast shares the tips, tricks, learnings, and lessons I lean on in order to blend the different facets of my life as an entrepreneur, author, wife, and mama to two gorgeous little humans. Let's jump in to today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. I am very excited to have you joining me. I'm actually taking a bit of a break from the podcast for the next few weeks as I settle in this awesome bowl darling group together. And also to really stockpile some brilliant new interviews and an episode, solo episodes for you from May onwards. So I'll be back live on the show, well, as live as you can be on a podcast (laughs) around mid May. But what I have done to keep you company for the next few weeks is I am sharing by very kind permission of some of my brilliant buddies, sharing the episodes that I have appeared on their shows for the next few weeks. This week's conversation is with the brilliant Alex Stewart, a.k.a. the founder of Low Life. We had this chat around the time that Step Into You came out and I loved talking to her. I could honestly talk to Alex all day long. She has built a phenomenal business built on rock solid values and I was just so grateful to her for, for having me on her show and I really, really hope you enjoy this conversation with Alex Stewart of Low Life. Hello, Lorraine. How are you? Hi. Hi. I'm excited for doing this. Thank you. For I know.
1: We're doing a little swapsy because I was did. on your show last year and yeah, you're the very you. first guest of the year, which I'm very excited about. Thank you. Namely because of what we're jumping into today, which is talking all about really stepping into ourselves, mm-hmm. your new book, Step Into You. Um, and I don't want to just make this a book promo because I actually really like this topic for a beginning of year topic. Yeah, it was like, so oh, how perfect timed. is that, right? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's coming out, obviously, and probably out.
0: Yeah, it'll be out. We're saying Jan, but really it's late December. You know, by the time it actually hits bookshelves, we're just okay. giving ourselves Jan. But by the time this airs, it, it will be out. Fabulous.
1: Already. People yeah. can and grab it. the audiobook it.
0: will be out as well. I do the audiobook and the print at the same time.
1: Oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and I guess there, there are probably a lot of reasons why you felt that this was going to be where you wanted your fourth book to go. Um, but I want to really talk about the theme of stepping into ourselves mm. or being disconnected from ourselves because I think that's what's interesting uh, about exploring this topic in general and how on earth we can be us Mm. and yet not be us at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I have been this in waves in my own yeah. life.
0: It's a good way of describing it, actually, my dear, that idea of waves, because it does come in waves, doesn't it? We have these it really waves does. Waves where everything feels like aligned and we're in ourselves and we're in the driving seat of lives. And then we have waves of our life and then there's waves where it feels the opposite. So, yeah, mm. I love how you describe that. It's a beautiful mm.
1: analogy. Oh, good. So I'm a good student of the book. And can then. I just
0: touch on that actually <laughs> as well, because it just sparks something yeah. in my mind. What I love about the wave idea is if we're sitting by the ocean watching the waves come on, we know that even if the wave's going out and maybe that's mm. the equivalent of us having that sense of disconnection from ourselves, that we know the wave's coming back in, you know, so it's yeah. not to, I guess, wig out when we do have that sense of t- disconnection that we know that it, we can come back with the right tools and the the right, giving ourselves the right kind of space, we, we can come back to ourselves. So I love that. Thank you. Mm. I'm going to steal that.
1: Yeah, do. It's <laughs> so trust the process, Chestnut. Yeah, it? yeah. That's it. My dear, sorry,
0: can we just pause for a second? Because I just realized we're recording. Can I put my headphones in? Because otherwise you're going to have
1: that that bounce back. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I just realized that. No, no worries. Yep. Thank you. So how do we know we're not us? You know, how do we know that tide is rolling out and we're not, all of a sudden, not feeling in the driver's seat? That's probably one of the biggest signs is we might be more reactive than proactive perhaps. But you talk about a lot of ways that we can identify these periods in our lives when Um, when they come up um, what are some of the signs that you like to focus in on in your own process of self-analysis working with clients Mm.
0: well I think the big thing that we need to remember as women is and and I know all of your audience won't be women but I think the majority of the readers of this are going Mm -hmm. to be female we are highly intuitive like women know like we know when things aren't Quite Right. Just like we know if we're parents, we know that there's something not quite right with our kids. So I think the first symptom, so to say, so to speak, would be that sense of like, I just feel a bit meh or a bit stuck or just that sense of um, like life's not flowing as easily as it could or has done in the past. I think that's the first thing. The second thing is, and I've got a whole chapter on this in the book as well, that whole sense of when we're out of alignment with ourselves, that our bodies are often the first I feel like the universe can be kind of whispering out of saying, Hey, this isn't right, Lorraine, or this isn't right, Alex, and we can push it down and ignore it. Mm. And I've talked in the book about the the feather, the brick, and the truck. I don't know if you've heard that idea. Yeah, yeah.
1: But please share it now because people are like, What the heck does that mean?
0: Yeah. If something's out of alignment, right? Or we've got that sense of disconnection with ourselves, which kind of they're one and the same idea, really that first of all, we'll get a feather, which is like a little tickle. And you know yourself with a feather, you can just brush it away. Mm. And then if we continue to keep doing whatever it is we're doing, whether it's working too hard or not eating the right food, or maybe pursuing relationships that don't serve us anymore, or just being really out of of touch with ourselves, if we ignore it, we'll get it, we'll get a brick. And the brick kind of stuns us. It maybe makes a stop for a day or two but we can keep going mm. and then if we still keep going on what we're doing then we get a truck which is when we're we're literally put on our backs for for weeks or months mm. and i feel like that's a really helpful one for me to remember because it's it's it helps me be more in tune and help my helps me listen to those feathers more so when they do constantly drop in it's like okay i need to make some changes here and and in the book i step through <laughs> I call it a slow crash out rather than a burnout for me over a period of two years where I can see in retrospect where I was ignoring the feathers and where I pushed through the bricks. And in the end, I got I got a couple of pretty big trucks which then forced me <laughs> to really look at my life and where things are going. So I think our body, first of all, we can have that sense of those universal urge or hunches. But the other thing as well is our bodies will often communicate to us when, when things are out of alignment. So we might get a recurring pain in our left shoulder, for example. Mm. And I really love Louise Hay's work where she talks yeah. about how every symptom we have, whether it's mental, I'm sure you've talked about this on the show at points before every symptom we have, whether it's a mental, mental symptom or a physical symptom, it relates back to some kind of a, a negative belief or a, a, an experience that we're holding on to. So I know for me, I had a, an issue with um, a female relative a couple of weeks ago. And it wasn't a major thing. It was just something I was upset about. And I could feel my left shoulder straight away was so sore. And when I looked at Louise Hay's work, I, I know that left, your shoulders are all about burden mm-hmm. and the left-hand side of our body is our feminine side. And the right-hand side of our body is, is our masculine side or our relationship with the man. So I knew that that left shoulder thing was going on. It was something relating back to that relationship. So I said the affirmation in the Louise Hay book, focused on my shoulder, and then the pain just, just melted away. So I think there's a few different signs. I could probably talk about that for two hours. <laughs> but There's yeah. lots of different signs. And I think the key thing is just to create that spaciousness for ourselves to hear that those whispers when they do drop in or to actually listen to our bodies rather than just pushing through when things aren't working out.
1: Mm, okay, else. so that's bringing up the question around fear and doubt then because mm. you might hear a little feather and let's just say, uh, and this has happened to me in my work life a couple of times over the decades now, where the feather is this really just isn't right for you, this is quite toxic, you know, whatever, it could be a relationship, could be anything. Um, but, you know, in the case of work, perhaps you're relying on that paycheck or um. You know, you can't see the wood from the trees as to what the future might look like if this thing wasn't there, Mm. Uh, and and then there's the reality of, um, you know, some women, perhaps all men, in toxic relationships, or like maybe relying on that partner for income, and then what's that going to look like if that person's not there. Jumping into those unknowns can bring up a huge amount of fear and then it can bring up the whole, oh, but it's not that bad. I'm lucky to have a job or I'm lucky to have this relationship, and all that kind of stuff. How do we start to unpack that for ourselves uh, and start to recognise the feather before the truck but also um, act on it in such a way that helps us set ourselves up for something that really does feel a lot more congruent even if it is the complete unknown like that's huge
0: that's yeah I love you love that you've asked that question and and as you were talking through that question I just had that visual of I think it's it's a meme or a quote that goes around it's you know take the leap and find your wings on the way down like mm. oh. yeah <laughs> that's so scary I, I skydived once and holy crap I could not relax <laughs> until that <laughs> that bloody parachute finally opened up and i thought, okay okay we're not coming crashing <laughs> to the ground but you're right it's terrifying and particularly if if as you say we we do go into that mindset of or that that internal dialogue of it's not that bad and Glennon Doyle talks about this in yes. her book and the fact that women one of the most wait-
1: terrifying books I've ever read isn't oh, it no, so arresting yes. is
0: it yes yeah. arresting is a beautiful word you're so right and you know she talks about the idea that one of the ways that women talk themselves out of having the life that they dream of, you know, well, you know, I should be grateful. Like women get taught to be grateful. Like, well, I'm glad that even if the relationship isn't amazing, at least he you know pay helps me pay the bills. You know, you talked mm. about that example of financial support. So I think the first thing to do is is to accept that it is it is terrifying, and to I love the idea of meeting yourself where you are when you're mm. having that experience, you know, not trying to wish it a different way, like I should be confident or. If I read this book, you know, that person who wrote that book was really, really confident and they made this leap or my best mate just started her own business and it was okay for her. So I think it's just meeting ourselves where we are and accepting that that's that's where it is. The other thing I think as well is to, I know I know for me, I do a lot of one-on-one mentoring and invariably I'd say 90% of the people that I work with, mostly women, when I say what does success look like for you from this work together, 90% of them will say it's clarity so clarity on on what it is, so let's say clarity, and I'll also say a roadmap to get me there mm. so I think the first thing is to really i talk a lot about spaciousness, but creating that space to to get clarity on what it is you do want I, there's two ways we can be motivated to to make changes it can be the the stick where like the pain gets so bad, yeah, <laughs> that we have to make some changes, and for me, that came in the 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 shape of a really really big financial shock at the early in early two thousand and eighteen and the pain was so bad after the two years after that, of the the kind of the negative money story that I got into that I had to make changes. But the other way that we can be motivated to make change is, is the the carrot. You know, the, there's something more exciting that I'm moving towards. Mm. So I think the first thing is if we've, I love that word congruence, if we realize that something isn't congruent with where we're at in our life right now, it's to 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 meet ourselves where we are, to accept that but then also to start allowing ourselves the space to daydream as to what what would we like to move towards? What would we like instead? Mm -hmm. Because the universe is, is very, very magical. It's happened so many times with mentees where we've created something, a plan for them, whether it's around landing a really big new client or I know one mentee I'm working with at the moment wanted to build her profile. She'd never done a podcast interview. She's never hosted any webinars, anything like that. And we set the intention and the goal that she was going to to create an, an opportunity for herself to have three podcast interviews, and I think within 24 hours of that session, she sent me a text saying, "Oh my god, I've just landed my first podcast interview." So well, I think I'm there's brilliant. a blend of accepting what we don't want in our lives anymore, but then creating some clarity for ourselves around what we do want to move towards. And I think also when we talk about that roadmap idea, like we get the clarity, but then it's about the roadmap. That roadmap doesn't have to happen overnight. And I really love. I'm sure you've eat, you've read Eat, Pray, Love, as I think yeah. most women
1: yeah. have. <laughs> <laughs> Who is a thirty-something-year-old oh, woman without having read Eat, Pray, so Love? Oh, <laughs> good.
0: I, I, I remember reading it. Uh, I went to Fiji on my first, as myself and my now husband's first holiday together. And I swear, every single woman around the pool was reading Eat, Pray, Love. It was just, it was a moment. Was It was a vibe. Yeah, <laughs> Eat, pray,
1: I know. I was in Mauritius, so it seems oh, to have a, a tropical island yeah, effect. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. So
0: good. <laughs> but I love um, Liz Gilbert, who's the author of Eat, Pray, Love, um, said that for, I think she like celebrated, it was something, yeah, it would have been like the 10-year anniversary of Eat, Pray, Love a couple of years ago, because that would be about right. And she said that so many women, when she went and did like author events or speaking events would come up to her and say, look, I really, I really want to do this, but I haven't got the money, you know, the idea of a year off to go to um, Bali and Italy and oh my God, what was the other one? India.
1: Oh, India. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, She said, they, they said, you know, I just, I can't afford it. Like how, how can I do this? And she would say to them back when she was doing the original promo for Eat, Pray, Love, just save $20. If $20 is all you can save a month, just do that. And if you've got some extra cash, put it in when you can. And it just, I almost burst into tears when she shared this in a podcast interview. I think it was with Oprah. And she said that 10 years later, so many women, like hundreds and hundreds of women have emailed her saying, you know, you said start that fund back in like 2000. And what was it? would have been 2010. Mm-hmm. Well, I did that. And I've just come back from my own eat, pray, love adventure. And I've got full body goosebumps just talking about that because it's the, you know, it took some of those women 10 years to make that happen, but they did it. So I think it's also about not expecting things to change overnight and that Mm -hmm. the smallest baby steps as you're moving away from something that's not serving you, they are the most courageous steps that you will ever, ever make in your life.
1: So true. Because then
0: you get momentum, you know, you decide to end the relationship or you decide to Buy the URL for your side hustle, and then you've got something's in train, something's in motion. But getting started is the hardest. It's the hardest part of all.
1: Yeah, and I think. Do you think that's because of the self belief aspect? That I think that's so. The hardest part.
0: I think it's the self belief
1: because we talk ourselves um, down. So, we and, do. or and the worst is if you talk to comfortable friends or family um you know who can be amazing in many aspects of our lives of course please don't get me wrong mm. i they're dear, near and dear to me but sometimes people with comfortable mindsets or who haven't taken those brave steps of their own can um almost confirm your own negative bias and talk off the ledge mm. of your crazy fabulous ideas um, 100% you're with so their right. own with their own need to feel comfortable yeah. with what you're doing
0: and the other element, and I talked about this in the very, very outset of the book, because what I talked to is the seven toxic mindset blocks that hold women yes, back. Yes, I want of to all. talk
1: about those. And
0: one of them I talk about, which you might remember because you, you've read the book. You're one of, the, I think you've read, like you're one of three people who've read the book Yay. so far. It's so cool. <laughs> and, and something I talk about is that the people who love us want to keep us safe. Yes. So if we do want to start a business, and I remember lying on the beach in Bondi, sharing with my best friend at the time, my idea for my business. And she just didn't get it. She was like, really, you want to do that? Mm. And I, you're right. I started to question lying on the beach going, oh my God, am I crazy? Is this mental? Like, but the fact is that she wanted to keep me safe um, because she didn't want to see me start this business and for it to fail. And then for me to be absolutely heartbroken
1: about Mm. that. Exactly.
0: So yeah, I think the people who love us want to keep us safe and they're not always the best people to surround us with fully when we are trying to make a big change. So what I would really suggest... That that someone does that if they are in that moment of self doubt and they're trying to go create something that maybe their nearest and dearest haven't done yet or created yet, would be to surround themselves with people who have. And I don't mean like go make all your best mates be authors, but read other authors' books, read about the, the challenges that have, other people have experienced on that journey, because it's it's almost a, a, an opportunity to crowd out, you know, to, mm. to put so much good stuff in that there's less space for those other people's stories
1: to to kind of find chinks in your armor. Does that make sense? It totally does. And I think I'd add to that that in reading other people's stories, you see how common it is mm. to have people doubting themselves but to still be taking brave steps and to so you see the full um picture warts and all and I think yeah. we need more warts and all uh, uh reality in our lives because yeah. I think the self-help books of the 90s and early thousands were quite guru-esque and everything mm. was perfect. And then yes, it so left true, a isn't whole it? swath of us, you know, trying to recover from that Oprah generation of self-help books um, where it was really birthed um, mm. as a concept of something that someone might want to read. We were all left feeling really imperfect, so unbrave. True bland, b- beige. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God. <laughs> um, useless. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this generation, you know, I think of, uh, you know, the Glennon Doyle book, I think yeah, that is such, percent. A Just such a perfect example, fantastic example, mm. such an untidy life. Yeah, and yet so I much. I love how you phrase things. <laughs> untidy, yes, and such so much goodness and strength and growth. And I think it's grittiness that we all seek because mm. it feels gritty inside of you when you're having these thoughts, mm. um, and to then have the perfect thing put up in front of you. Is actually, as you said, you used this word before, incongruent with mm. how you're actually feeling. And therefore you feel even less like you might be able to make steps forward.
0: 100%. So true. Mm. Can I just add a bill to that as well? Is that I think you're right. It's it's reading about other people's stories and that, that it wasn't perfect and, and tidy, love your language on that for them. So it's it's partly that, but it's also when you're in that grittiness yourself and that self-doubt and that mm. worry and that holy shit, what have I done? This is never going to work. I'm useless. I'm hopeless. Like all of that negative, you know, as Melissa Ambrosini says, that inner mean girl crap that comes up. Yeah. What I really love to do in that horrible moment is remind myself that one day someone else is going to be going through exactly what I'm going through now and I'll be able to help them through it because I've been through it myself. And that gives me the added, almost like rocket up my ass to get mm. through it. Yeah, um, nice. And I mean, I can't even tell you, like from writing a book to, we had we had two miscarriages between our two children and even in the pain of those miscarriages knowing that one day i would speak to another woman who was having that experience and be able to help her purely by me having survived it that that was um there was some god's grace in that in that thought for me in those moments
1: yeah yeah i love that mm. hmm. Yeah, I, I sometimes use the analogy in Golotox, um, the uh, e-course that helps people mm-hmm. ditch all their toxins, is that, like, we're all climbing this rope. No one's better. No one's arrived at the end. No one's perfect. But if you're a little bit further along, then you can pass your hand back and pull someone up.
0: Yes, um, yes. And then there are
1: people who know more than you that you get. So it keeps you humble, keeps you compassionate towards people who haven't quite had the same um, exposures, lessons, mm. understandings.
0: And it also keeps you motivated because yeah. it's an extra motivation to keep. love the rope idea
1: of mm. climbing
0: up the rope because you know that the further up the rope you get, the more you can help people who are behind you on the rope.
1: For sure, it's we something. Love uh, that.
0: It's almost like an ex- extrinsic motivation, you know, or a, yeah. an altruistic motivation, rather than a purely being about ourselves and our own self-betterment and
1: mm, and I think prosperity that box, and all of the things that box ticked for women really helps us. Yeah, feel it good does. about growth and achievement I think yeah. because
0: it's bigger than
1: us yeah exactly and it's and, not
0: selfish I think that's the other pitfall mm. that women fall into is that well if I focus on myself or prioritize myself that it's selfish mm. I think that's shifting though I feel like women like Glenn and Doyle talking about that idea of giving ourselves permission to not to people please I think that's I think the the narrative's shifting on that but I think it's only yeah. way to go
1: Mm-hmm. And I read this amazing quote the other day. I've been tidying up my business and, and thinking about um, next steps and uh, letting some things go, bringing some things in, getting clarity. And nice. one of the things that I read the day I had made a decision about something quite big uh, was um, don't keep making a mistake you know about just because it's been a long time that you've been making that mistake
0: mm-hmm. but it's like
1: the idea yeah. of like don't you know don't don't keep going like you don't yeah. have to keep going you know it's a, it's not right
0: yeah um, well, it's, it's some cause fallacy isn't it we think yeah. we've already put so much it's like people who um someone in my family has has trained in medicine and he's done that for 20 30 years and doesn't necessarily enjoy it hugely uh, but he he's done it for so long that you know, he's put so much time into it and so much energy into it mm-hmm.
1: that
0: it's that idea. Well, I kind of just need to keep going. So I think it's it's similar. I love that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you did briefly mention the the truth bombs mm-hmm. earlier and gave an example of one, but I'd love for you to uh, pick out a couple of extra ones because I think these truth bombs. Uh, really helps set the stage for doing the work to then step into mm. a life that feels more congruent where we feel really deeply connected to ourselves and to a sense of, I'm hesitant to use the word purpose because I think purpose changes in reason seasons, lifetimes, but um, that feeling of flow that you were talking about at the beginning where you're in the driver's seat of your life.
0: Mm. God, I'm actually flicking through the book because I'm so passionate about every single one of them. I'm like, oh, which one what would it be? What
1: hmm.
0: um, I actually think a big one is it comes back to worthiness. I feel like we've skirted around worthiness so far in our chat. So I'll yeah. talk to that one if that's OK. Please do. And that whole sense of, um, you know, I don't deserve better. Like, and it goes back to that gratefulness, you know, well, I should be happy because I've got X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it comes back to worthiness as well. It's, you know, I, I, and and I first came across this in my business. So I've got a a mastermind group for, for established entrepreneurs and that group, there was a couple of people who were really, really struggling with getting the right admin support in their business. And, and I had this kind of light bulb moment of going, hang on, the reason you've been struggling with this for, holy crap, like five years in one case, <laughs> it's not because you haven't found the right person. And it's not because the the role is wrong. It's that mm. you don't actually fundamentally believe that you're worthy of having really great support in your business. Yeah. And once that shifted for that person, she hired an incredible person in, in her business. So I think it comes back to that worthiness. And one of our, I'm sure you're aware of um, Revy Jane, who's an, an amazing author and I mean, all of the things, she's just incredible entrepreneur and she, her whole platform that she's building is on working on worthiness, that whole idea of reminding ourselves each day that, that we are worthy. And, Mm. and I think it's hard for women, I think, especially to do because it feels almost like indulgent, indulgent or. Trying to think what's the opposite of humble, arrogant, maybe, mm, or selfish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's coming back to that idea of just reminding ourselves that we're worthy. And, and for a lot of us, like that's going to be that's going to be a daily practice to whether it's worthiness to have the money that we want to have in our lives, or it's worthiness to have the relationship that we want, or to have the relationship with our kids that we want, or the 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 worthiness to have the eat pray love adventure, or just even have next Monday off because we feel like we're, we're a bit fried and, and we need some time to recharge. I think that worthiness piece, mm. because for me in worthiness, there's an element of permission as well. It's giving ourselves permission to strike out and create whatever it is that we want to not create, but to have whatever we want to have in our lives. Does that make sense? Yeah, just, absolutely. The dots on that, that worthiness around permission. When we feel worthy enough, we give ourselves permission to go out and, and make the goals happen. And we limit the scope for us to self-sabotage.
1: Mm. i've just connected some
0: dots as i'm talking to you on this (laughs) need to rewrite the book already
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know that feeling um so okay so self-sabotage then i feel like we need to just talk a little more directly to that um you talked about that client having the clarity moment and there's Mm. that word again sometimes half the battle is actually getting to the clarity point um so her self-sabotage was a a feeling of like oh my god me having support you know why do I deserve that Mm. Um, what are some of the other things you've bumped into in your mentoring experience uh, for clients where the worthiness and the self-sabotage show up again
0: I think just to go back to that mentee uh, who was, who's, who's focusing on building her profile at the moment. Like She knows that posting on LinkedIn really helps her business. Like She's told me that that works brilliantly, hmm. but she just got in her own way and self-sabotage because she started to really get some success with clients reaching out to her and wanting to work with her. And... And this is the thing with self-sabotage. It makes no sense. Like on Mm. a logical level, it's like, why Why would we do that? (laughs) So she knows that posting on LinkedIn helps her, but she doesn't do it because she's self-sabotaging because almost the idea of having that success and giving herself the permission to enjoy that success in her business, it's like, it's too, it's it's scary. It's intimidating. Mm. So I think that that's one. And then to... I think something that really helps is to have someone to talk through, like that, the, what we are doing, and, and to call us on our own bullshit, essentially, which is, I think, which is my role. But something I also do, and I've I've done this for I think about twelve years now, is kinesiology, because what happens with kinesiology, what I've learned from it over the last decade, or just over a decade, is that self sabotage begins on an unconscious level. It's something. Yes. That's kind of, I see it like almost like it's bubbling up. I see it it as a nervous,
1: it's like a nervous system response, mm, a self-protective fight or flight. Yeah, that's
0: exactly it. Yeah. Mm. So it's bubbling on an unconscious level. It starts to bubble up to the subconscious level. And then if we don't nix it on either of those levels, then it comes up to a conscious level, which is when we start acting out on it. So Mm. that's when we, we stop posting on LinkedIn or we... A uh, really interesting way that I see people self-sabotaging is not sending their invoices. I'm talking about entrepreneurs here for a minute. Oh, my owners.
1: goodness. Yeah. You
0: know, like it's like oh, they've got like two months of invoices banked up because somewhere on a subconscious level, they don't feel like they're worthy of having the money that they want to have. Mm-hmm. So they've got all these invoices banked up. And another one would be, and I've seen this happen, and I've done this myself a number of times in my own business where someone's really, really keen to work with me. And I procrastinate for like two, three, even four weeks on getting back to them
1: mm-hmm
0: so th- it, it shows up in yep. so many different ways it another does. way that I think a lot of your listeners will probably identify with um that that procrastinate sorry that self-sabotage shows up is procrastination like putting mm. off the stuff that we know is going to help us in future
1: mm. so it
0: could be as simple as not updating our resume if we're potentially looking for a new role it's it's not having the difficult conversation with a client who's maybe we're over servicing massively or you know, it's just that the relationship isn't working because we, on some level, were afraid that if we did sort that out, then we'd have no more excuses that we'd have to go and, and create what it is we want to create. Oh, so so yes. I think that the procrastination yeah. is a, and, it, you know, it's kind of like it's, we'd put all this stuff in a blender and quiz it up because, you know, there's self-doubt in there. There's perfectionism. Yeah. Like we just whip <laughs> it all up and make, I'm actually sipping a smoothie as we're talking. Yeah. You know, we make a... <laughs> a mindset block smoothie because they're all so tightly interrelated yeah. as well. So it's almost like you pull out one and then the whole thing starts to come apart and you find something else to work on and something else to work on. And that's kind of the name of the game, isn't it? That constant mm-hmm. evolution and growth as a person, that growth mindset.
1: Absolutely. And I think for stay-at-home parents who, you know, I've I've worked with quite a few women over the years who are wanting to start a, a business mm-hmm. Um, Bringing some income either for themselves or contribute to the family finances. Uh, really passionate in the low tox space. Uh, I'm working with a few right now, and uh, something I see is, oh, I just don't have time to move forward. But then we look at we do a calendar analysis. And there's the answer. It's the give, 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 give. And then that's actually a form of procrastination. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm being helpful out there, I'm needed out there, then I never actually have to see whether I might be able to make this a success.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. I love that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing as well, it's it's I love the calendar analysis idea. And I think it's also beyond the calendar analysis. It's stuff that doesn't go into the calendar, like the 30 minutes of scrolling Instagram, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if we put everything in the calendar?
0: Oh, I think it would be frightening if we color-coded it and put Instagram in yes. there or social media of choice. Holy crap. <laughs> But I yeah. think that's another thing as well to think about. I, and I really like the idea of creating before we consume. I think yes, that's a, so a wonderful dependent. gem from
1: Marie Folio, isn't it? Is that who
0: yeah. it's from? I, I didn't yes. know, Thank you. I, did, I remember never she, she just she it
1: put it up um, one morning. And then it was the Business Chicks event where she was speaking um, and uh, being interviewed. And oh, it exactly. was her that number was one tip. It was mm-hmm. the number one tip. Wake up. What can you create before you start consuming things? Yeah. What do you really want to make? So um, good. And it's if so, you don't so know, simple. like morning pages, you know, start
0: journaling. Start just yeah. seeing what
1: comes out.
0: Yeah, that's mm. exactly it. I loved that. So I think the the calendar analysis, I think, is a brilliant tip that you've shared. And the 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 build, I guess, that I would make on that as well is it's what's not going in the calendar. Like, what are the things that are taking up time? Almost like those insidious things, like the you know, the the Instagram. Scroll has has creep. You know, it, it takes up a lot more time than yes. we, we expected to. And um, so, I think it's just applying that lens to what what can you create before you start consuming
1: the work of others. Yeah, I, I yeah, <laughs> we don't even need to say anything yep. more about that. Okay, <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> worthiness and give me one more.
0: I think you've already touched on this one as well, but I wanted to highlight it again. Is that sense of whatever our current problem is, that we're alone on that in that. And we are the mm-hmm. the freaky exception, the one in 10 million people who are having that problem. And just before you and I spoke, I was filling out a and a, a Q&A for Booktopia, um, who I know you know, know and love as well. Yeah. So uh, one of the questions, which I think was a really, really clever question, is, is what do you hope someone gets out of your book? And something that I realized only in writing my response to that was the sense of that the reader isn't alone, that if you're experiencing seeing I've got a whole chapter on my sex life. So
1: I was, yes, I saw someone that. Someone said to me, like, are you going go to send Lorraine. your book to your family in Ireland?
0: I was like, no, <laughs> my family is not getting this particular book. <laughs> no way. But, you know, I had so much worry about my sex drive. If you, if, and I know this is not related to business at all, but I had so much angst about that last year. And when I went exploring and and, and, and learning and educating and, and, and sitting with myself on it, I realized like I'm not alone on that and i shared a podcast episode last year which holy god i was so terrified putting out there but i received i would say at least a thousand messages from women saying thank you so much for putting that out there i know i'm not alone mm-hmm. but you know that's just sex right there's also finances there's business there's parenting so that's why i really love putting my struggles <laughs> into my books because i want to reassure someone that they're not they're not alone so one of the the mindset blocks that i address really early on in the book is like you're not special. And I mean that with the kind in the mm. kindest possible way that 100%. you think whatever you're struggling with right now, you're alone on that. And you're the magical unicorn who's having that experience and you're not.
1: No. You're but really I love not. what you do though. So there's peace in that. Yeah, there is. But I think the gold, if we can move on from peace, is mm-hmm. that you also actually do the work to make to improve things, to develop, to expand. Um, and often humans console themselves with, oh, I'm not alone. This is shit for everyone. And then it's just a big whinge fest of just, victimhood. Just stay in the
0: pity party. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's true.
1: But I think what you're putting out there is, yeah, it can suck. Uh, and, you know, life has different aspects that dip and, um, you know, uh, but we can actually work on them and make things better. This is how I did it when things sucked for me. Um, yeah. If that helps you, then brilliant.
0: That's true. It's just but, breaking out of that cycle. It's, it's interrupting yeah. our own pity party mm-hmm. pattern,
1: yeah. essentially. Pity party pattern. Try yep. that twice <laughs> after a couple of tequilas. <laughs> um, okay, so something you talk about in the book uh, that I, I really like is... Um, the the motivation piece
0: Mm, you know a couple of people have picked up on this already I think this is going Uh to be something bigger yeah sorry continue yes uh
1: and the reason I wanted to mention it I think it's in chapter three um where um you you actually practically take people through the art of motivation, I would like mm. to say, because it is actually I feel you're presenting it as a learned skill rather than something you need to magically find out of thin air especially women hormones different phases in the cycle um maybe having a testosterone dip maybe you're having a cortisol drop or you know (laughs) there's so many different biological reasons that motivation isn't naturally there at different points in our life and our cycle but I feel like in your book you're actually helping us not ignore but transcend the -hmm. sometimes reality of The human body, and still actually feel a deep sense of motivation. So I wanted to sort of see how you developed a strong sense of motivation for yourselves, for yourself, and what that looks like day to day. Um, Yeah, I think because people genuinely feel like, oh my god, where where does she find the motivation? That's one of those real comparison items. It is,
0: isn't it? It's so. So many people say to me, "You must be so motivated." (laughs) I or I wish I was as motivated as you. Uh And and I yeah. think what I, and I I feel what I've done in that chapter, and I thought it was really, really important to address this, is to almost like debunk the idea of of motivation. Because I think when we say, okay, I'll wait till I'm motivated, you're kind of waiting for this little sprinkly genie to come in and, you know, scatter some petals of motivation on us, and then we'll write the book, mm. or then we'll start the mm-hmm. business. And so then we'll create the online program, or then we'll look for a new job, or then we'll have the conversation with our partner.
1: Yeah, and, so it's kind and of and like how to- we hear, I will be happy when... Um, yes, yeah, it's almost like I will be motivated when, when is yeah. like the new thing.
0: Yeah, and my publisher Fiona put it so well. We were chatting about this um, last week, and she said it's almost like we see motivation as being e- extrinsic or external to us, you mm-hmm. know, and we're kind of waiting for all the motivation stars to align, and then we will do as you said. If when I have this, I will do this. Yeah, that's what I said. So I think. It, that's very disempowering, I think, because it puts all the responsibility or the the duty of care almost over on this external mm. vision of whatever, whatever.
1: Um, yeah, we're waiting for it to is. arrive.
0: Yeah, it's like, are you here yet? You know, checking your watch, <laughs> <laughs> looking for your tracking your tracking code yeah. from Australia Post type thing. <laughs> So I think that. So I don't think we should aim to be motivated. I guess is what I'm saying here. Mm. Instead, what I would replace it with is we need to be disciplined. Mm. So we need to show up and make whatever we want to make happen happen. Whether, as I said, it's writing a book or starting an online program or creating a membership model like you've created in, in, in your business. So. That that discipline I see as being internal. Like it's something that I can dictate how disciplined I am. It's very difficult for me to dictate how motivated I'm going to wake up and be. Like today, for example, um, I wasn't feeling hugely motivated this morning because I had a massive day yesterday. We had like four hours of photos to, I mean, I know this sounds hard. they like, <laughs> are probably listening going, Lorraine, that's not hard.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, Running around
0: the city, changing outfits every five seconds, you know dodging rain all that kind of thing and then I recorded I've got a bonus program as part of um the step into you book I've created a a bonus program so I was recording that in the middle of a thunderstorm I was like go 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 you know back feed the baby look after Lexi my husband's away for a couple of days like it was just full on so I woke up tired this morning and not feeling especially motivated and so things that would normally drop if I wasn't feeling motivated is like the morning meditation Mm -hmm. and I said no Lorraine you're feeling tired but you've got the discipline you know it's good for you to meditate every morning just make it happen so I sat there so annoying when you disturb your kid when you're getting up early and then you disturb one of the children Uh and then she like Lexi who's four and a half at the moment comes tottering down the stairs I'm like shit that was the motivation time so I sat there (laughs) meditating on the sofa while she's reading where is Wally loudly next to me but I had the noise cancelling headphones on and, and I did it you know so I could have said this morning, I'm not going to meditate because you know I'm quite tired. Like I had a big day yesterday, and Lexi's up. So, but that that comes back to that internal governance, almost to that sovereignty of now. I I need to to meditate because I know it's good for me. I love so that I word. Think that's what I would
1: governance, just mm.
0: governance. Yeah, it's it's self leadership. That's what I talk about. It discipline mm. is self leadership. So this morning, I demonstrated self leadership to myself and just got the ten minute meditation done it wasn't the best motivation meditation I've ever done. I didn't like transcend to the heavens, but I got, you know, I, I did it, you know, I yeah. did 10 minutes of meditation. I felt, I felt marginally better after it. And then I felt much better after I kind of get into the flow of my day. So what I'm saying is if we are waiting for the motivation fairy to come visit, chances are, we're going to be waiting a long time, but what we can do in the meantime, because the motivation does still calm, We get excited. We get, especially when we get that clarity about where we're going next mm. that's I believe unlocks a huge amount of motivation. and um, but what we can do in the meantime is we can we can be disciplined.
1: Yeah. Does brilliant. that answer your question? It absolutely does. And I think discipline is something we can build into our daily life as a practice, as a muscle that gets stronger. And yes, it's it's a framework rather than mm-hmm. a mysterious thing that we hope comes to visit us one day.
0: Yeah, like fingers crossed, I'm motivated today. Like
1: mm. no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I tried believe me doesn't work
1: (laughs) okay so my next question around discipline then is obviously these days uh we can have whatever we want whenever we want it oh I need a new bra oh yeah I'm in the middle of a newsletter oh yeah but like you know I remembered I need a new bra now so I'm going to jump online and Mm -hmm. you know everything is just so easy to move off of and over onto, and then where was I again? And then, you know, to get distracted by Mm -hmm. the infinite choice of living in this time, Mm -hmm. um, does that make discipline harder, do you think, or uh, do we just simply need to raise our consciousness around the importance of it more so that it remains a a focus for us?
0: I, I definitely think it makes it harder. Mm. You know, even now, if I sit down, and I try to read like a three or four page article in a magazine or newspaper like that's so difficult sometimes because we're so used to consuming things and bite sized pieces on mm. Instagram or WhatsApp messages or, you know, cutesy little emails that we get from from influences we love. So I definitely think it makes it harder. Um, and I think, yeah, I like your idea of raising the consciousness of it. You know, it's it's still important to be disciplined and make things happen. But that said, I would say maybe in a way it makes things easier. So I know for me, I use an app to time my meditations, for example, and that's, that makes my life easier to make that discipline happen. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. it tracks my meditation. I can tell how many days out of the last week I meditated for. I can tell how long I meditated for. And the app also has this really cute little check-in there. So when you first open the app in the morning, it asks how you're feeling. So you can start to track your mindset and why, why you're oh, feeling nice. like that. It's pretty smart. It's inside timer. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's there's the the detractor of all the, the the immediacy and the accessibility of everything is that it does, as you said, you kind of start to surf rather than diving deep into things. But also I think it's just recognizing the benefit that all the, these different tools can offer us in, in staying disciplined. Um, mm-hmm. Like I just got I, – I I avoided the smartwatch thing for so long and then mm-hmm. I got so jealous of – I know Stacey, Stacey is one of our, our – our, friends in common mm. our mutual friends and i got so jealous of her garment that i was like i really want one mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, that's been so helpful for me just to track you know steps and say okay well you haven't hit your step count today so just go for a 15 minute walk around the block after dinner and so i think it's the pros and cons you know, i don't want to say you know the tech and the immediacy of everything is making things so much harder because in ways it does make things easier to be disciplined as well
1: mm, absolutely yeah tools yeah And so we've talked about a few themes and there've been quite a few examples around work life and starting business. Um, But I believe Step Into You is equally valuable to uh, women in the sense that when we become parents, we're still very much the the primary caregivers if you look at the statistics. Yeah. Um, And certainly for the first year, uh, the primary caregiver of, yep. of the little bubbers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. In it right now. And and that can be an experience in itself of stepping, of feeling like we're not ourselves, um, but really it is a role shift and a new role. So that can be part of why we don't feel ourselves is because we're doing something completely new. How do you think women can navigate that part of their lives and make sure that we stay true to who we are or or find a way to to dip back into that because a lot of women feel all of a sudden completely unworthy of our own quality time with ourselves of quiet of space
0: mm. oh. and I would say we get out of that we we almost forget what it's like to have that space does mm. that make sense like oh it's gosh, like you know, yes. the, the frog boiling slowly in water, you know, we just forget we lose. It's just like a daily thing. We get so uh, increasingly day by day, we get so disconnected from it that we don't actually know what, what it feels like to be us in our, in our truest essence. And I hosted a a retreat in February um, last year in Noosa. And as part of the retreat, it was like a three night, four day retreat. And in the afternoon, I made sure that the women on the retreat had four hours of just time to themselves.
1: Mm.
0: Holy crap, Alex, the first day, When I said, okay, it's lunchtime and the lunchtime's finished. I sound like a teacher. You can go do your own thing for four hours. Three of them were back in the room within 20 minutes going, Lorraine, I honestly don't know what to do with myself. Like it's been so long. Mm. It was actually, I mean, it was quite confronting, but then, I mean, you can imagine those same women after day three were like, oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) I remembered Um, who I am again. It was really cool. So I think, I mean, and you know, I I put up my hand jokingly as as you were asking me that question, because we're on video talking and you know, I'm in that right now. Like I'm, I'm, I've got a five month old in the next door, in the next room. He's going to need to be fed quite soon. He's with his nanny next door. And so I get it. And I I feel like a few different things. I think one is to do what you can. So, and and this is, I was worried about this when I had Lexi, because um, I'd written the book, I was running the business, I was zipping around the world, but also I was sleeping. Like we had a unicorn baby who slept through from six weeks old Hmm. and and so many women messaged me and said, like, how are you doing this? Like, I'm so sleep deprived. I'm like, love, I'm sleeping. <laughs> you know? So so do what you can. I think it's it's very easy. I mean, I, I actually think parenting and motherhood is one of the easiest traps to fall into in terms of that comparisonitis. Yeah. So I think it's just doing what you can in the days that you have. I will also say that, that the time doesn't just happen anymore when, when you have, have a family, as you all know, Alex. I mean, you're you're at a different life stage to me right now in terms of, How
1: old he is. He can kind of like Mm.
0: not be supervised 24 7 (laughs) when Mm. I talk to friends. They're like, yeah, the kids just going to the cinema together. I'm like, oh my God. I
1: know. One day I won't
0: have to be with them all the time.
1: (laughs) I have just arrived at that stage. I'm still nervous and like checking in with him, but it really is uh, a newfound freedom. I mean, here Mm. I am casting, not having to guiltily stick him in his room with some drawing and and Mm. an iPad. Um, that's finished now and it's actually really quite lovely and yeah. to, lovely to see them develop into yes, their own and grow. independent people. But, yeah, it is It is tricky, that stage of, yeah. of motherhood, um, to, yeah. to actually even feel worthy of having the um, uh, of the exercise of stepping into yourself and yeah. taking time for yourself.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and let's be clear, whatever that looks like for you, like it yes. might be keeping up your weekly yoga class or it might be having time to journal or it might be time to, just go call a friend and not have to be, you know, hanging off the phone every five seconds because the kids almost kill themselves yet again mm. <laughs> playing with the toys or they've nearly killed each other if they're, <laughs> they're arguing. So I think it's, so first of all, I think it's just meeting yourself where you're at and, and doing what you can date on a day-to-day basis the second thing I would say as well is just remembering, and you've just given me a reminder of that, is it's it's just a season. It's it's not going to be like that forever. Mm. Because I know for me, when I get into my, my negative loops around parenting and, and the, the dependency. So we've gone from having a four-year-old who is freakishly independent, who pretty much wants to do everything for herself and makes herself snacks in the night and everything, to having a tiny baby again. Like that's been like, whoa, there's been a bit of whiplash that mm-hmm. experience because we, we were so beyond that and then we're back in it which is you know beautiful as well and um, so I think the other thing is just accepting that it is it's a season for where you're at right now and then the other thing I would say as well which I was starting to talk about a second ago is that the time doesn't just fall out of trees anymore in order to do this we need to be very very intentional about it so we need to sit down and plan our week with our partners if we have a partner and say okay look this is Wednesday night, I want to go do yoga and, and and there needs to be, it's annoying and it's boring Mm. and it's so not sexy, but it's just having that conversation and that plan in place so that you do know that there's almost a container of space and time for you to be you. Mm. And the other thing just yesterday, um, doing this shoot, like to have my hair blow dried and have my makeup done and to be tottering around Surrey Hills and high heels, like Alex like it was like a spiritual experience yeah, <laughs> the only yeah. Way I can describe it because it's been months and months of Uggs and activewear and hair scraped up in a mumbon you know so yeah I think it's just even if it sounds so frivolous and silly if it's a blow dry for you once a month that helps Ooh, you hold feel on like you hold again.
1: on yeah so the last thing I want to ask you is about making me stick So when you, you I
0: totally get what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) We make all these efforts to uh, find ourselves, dip into Mm. ourselves, feel a sense of flow, You know, building the discipline in so that we're actually realizing some of those goals uh, that we have once we've got the clarity, we're articulating them, we're getting on with it. Um, How do we make the me stick?
0: Mm, That is such a beautiful question. And I've got a whole chapter on that in the book because that's the thing, I feel only half the, only half the puzzle is the plan. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is everything I'm going to do. And this is me and I'm going to be amazing. Future Alex is going to be amazing. Mm. The other half is what What do we need to do in order to get us to future Alex? You know, yeah. we, we talk about the roadmap, but then it's like, okay, we'll need to get in the car and drive mm-hmm. <laughs> to get. Yeah. To, to start following the roadmap. So there's a few different tips, just um, quick tips that I'd share. First of all, like start really small. Like I really like the idea back in my agency days of under-promising and over-delivering. Mm-hmm. Like it's much better to show up and do a four minute meditation every day than try and attempt a 25 minute one straight away. If you're not, if, if you don't already have it in existing meditation practice. So my first tip would be just to start small. and And I also like the idea. Second tip would be to layer these different habits and these different goals. Like, I don't think it's a good idea to say, I'm going to sort out my relationship and I'm going to get my side hustle going to be a full-time <laughs> hustle and I'm going to be like super spiritual. You know, it's just too much.
1: And it's also very vague.
0: It is super vague. You're so mm. right. So I think it's much better to like pinpoint specific areas and focus on them. And then once you feel like, I don't say you've got it under control, but once you feel like you've got the momentum in that area, only then should we shift over and start to to, to focus on different areas. And um, Jack DeLosa, who's one of my brilliant friends and awesome entrepreneur, he said years ago, until your first business is making a million dollars, don't start a second one. Mm. You know, because that's the thing we we get distracted. We're we're doing really well, and it's not to say that everyone wants to have a million dollar business. It's obviously just a term of phrase, a turn of phrase. But it's you know until we feel like we've gotten success or momentum in one area, we shouldn't be jumping onto others. So
1: yeah, and I think that's a great there, gradually. Yeah, it's a great theme to extract from what he said. You know, it's definitely not everyone's goal. Mm -hmm. Some of the people I speak to, where you're really clear on wanting to start a lifestyle business, it's talking about two or three hundred extra dollars a week. Yeah, and And that's life changing. Completely fine and life changing if that's what your goal is. Yeah. Um. So the common extractable theme is there don't get distracted by something else once you've got something up and running Yeah, just because it's up and running
0: yeah the the bright shiny thing you know but Mm. I think I think it's also about like don't get complacent don't just assume that it's all going to tick along a lot long easily because that's what your intention so I reckon start small and layer gradually and then I I talk in the book about having a fuck-up plan (laughs) so what I mean by that is because how often have we done this you know I'm on the cleanse and I'll just have like this ice cream at dinner on Saturday night and then the next day you're like Oh well, I'm off it anyway. Like I'll just, you know, stay off it. <laughs>
1: so. Might as well make pancakes. Off yeah, go, exactly. Yeah. Let's
0: go. Let's go all out. So I think it's the whole idea of just having the fuck up plan. Like just because you fucked up, and I know that's that's blunt language, but you know what I mean. Just because we've, yeah. we've stuffed up in some way, it doesn't mean that all is lost. It's like okay, fuck up plan. Okay, we're going to eat clean tomorrow and get back on the wagon and, and keep going. That's mm. just a cleanse example. It could be anything. Like yeah, any, anything. So I yeah. think that's the other thing as well, like all's not lost just because of, because of one speed wobble.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of recognise back to that um, untidiness mm. analogy from earlier, things are untidy. Untidy yeah. things are going to happen. A mess is going to happen. Yeah. Um, but just like we then tidy up a house or have a declutter session of our closet, we can do that with anything that we're trying mm. to put into place in a more permanent way.
0: Yeah. That's exactly mm. it. Love that. Oh, I
1: love it. I
0: could the talk rain. to my dear. I, I know. Awesome.
1: You're a gem of a human. I loved, loved this it. Book. Thank you. Back at you. Um, I know we used a lot of business examples today, guys. We but did. I really... That was
0: kind of, I think it was just because you're in business too, so I kind of I started know. talking our lingo.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I just want anyone who's out there listening to feel that this is not necessarily about starting a business per se at all or even mm. developing one that you have anyone is going to feel the benefit of this book. And I think if you've read those Elizabeth Gilbert books, um, Glennon Doyle, big US kind of titles, uh, I think this is actually, for me, a very practical book Mm. that doesn't just paint the picture of this incredibly huge uh, experience of life and how inspiring that is like you go to a conference and you hear a keynote but it was so inspiring and you were so inspired and the euphoria ends and then you have absolutely no idea what you yeah. want to do <laughs> I know. your book for me is actually the i've left the conference and now i have a plan type that's book.
0: exactly what I, yes boom that's exactly what i wanted it to be it's like mm. yeah i'm inspired and here's what to do with it
1: yeah exactly that's
0: the intention for sure
1: thank you for writing it and uh thank you for being my first guest of the year
0: (laughs) happy 2022
1: everyone yeah happy year
0: that's her that's the brilliant alex thank you so much again alex for giving me permission to share your brilliant work on my show as well. If you'd like to go check out more about Alex, you can find her show at Lotox Life and I'll also pop links to her socials and her website in the show notes as well. Thank you so much as always for joining this week's episode. Thank you for being part of this week's episode. It was remarkable to have you. I am always keen to hear your thoughts, questions, ideas and suggestions for future topics for the podcast. So please get in touch on Instagram. My handle is at Lorraine Remarks and through my website, LorraineMurphy.com.au. If you're enjoying what I'm putting out here, please do rate, review or subscribe to the podcast so more people can find out about it and we can build this special community or even better, do all three. Chat to you next week.